weekend. Today, clouds and the rain will keep the temperatures in check to about the low 80s to the mid 80s. We have a good chance of the rain, showers, and a thunderstorm, and a few heavy downpours. Scattered activity tonight, and then a likely round or two of activity coming in with shower and thunderstorm activity tomorrow. Highs into the mid 80s. Middle and upper 80s. Fewer storms daily, partly sunny. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. The Gulf Coast Stamp Club will have its Fall 2021 Stamp and Postcard Show Friday, October 1st, 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. Saturday, October 2nd, 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. At the St. Martin Community Center, Lemoyne Boulevard, I-10 Exit 50, St. Martin, Mississippi. Free and open to the public, there's free parking available too. Fall 2021 Stamp and Postcard Show, sponsored by the Gulf Coast Stamp Club. More info at thegulfcoaststampclub.org. You're ready for the food show. Happens every day at this time, two to four. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris carrying on the food show. 33 years now. I would say that the other show, the original show, the Tom Fitzmorris food show, was more of a dining show. But this is kind of more of a generalized food show. But you know what? It's not that. So whatever it is, it's good. Let's have some fun. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Today is National Coffee Day. And boy, are we loaded up with people to talk to. I mean, um, for someone who doesn't drink coffee, I'm doing a lot of talking about coffee. And the reason I am is that coffee is enormously popular. I wonder if there's been a study, and I'm sure there has because there's been a study about absolutely everything, what the percentage of coffee drinkers to tea drinkers is. I've always been a tea drinker. Patty, do you drink much tea? No, I drink iced tea like every good southern girl, but that's that's about it. (laughs) Every non-gourmet, as Tom likes to sniff (laughs) at us. That's Tom right. has this theory that if you drink iced tea, then you automatically get worse service because you're not <laughs> drinking. I'm sure that's true. And it I'm could sure be it is true, true. Yeah, in other parts of the country, but I don't I've think it noticed, is here. You don't think so? You don't think so? I, I think it. I think it is true, but it's a pity that it's true because I just don't like the taste of alcohol. I I don't drink alcohol, and uh, and thank God because I'd probably be fatter than I am. <laughs> but. Um, I just liked iced tea. I mean, I I stopped drinking Coke when Coke tried to shove that new Coke down our throats. And then I just never went back. I mean, I know a lot of people did when they made Coke classic Coke, but I don't. I just never did. So anyway, I am an iced tea drinker for whatever that entails, Um, bad service or not. And I do drink an awful lot of iced tea, but I also drink other kinds of tea. I mean, I'm definitely a tea drinker. I'm not a, I'm not a tea connoisseur, but I do like tea. I mean, my extent of tea goes to, you know, the the realms of black tea, oolong and Darjeeling and, you know, those kinds of things. But there's a place over on the North Shore called the English Tea Room. I've heard about that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what's really funny about it is that neither of the people that own it, it's a couple, 
are from Britain. Now, one of them has Scottish ancestry, but the other one's Texan. So, uh, it, it, but they're really into their tea and incredibly knowledgeable about their tea. And um, maybe if you came over here for lunch sometime, we could go over there because yeah, it's a be unique fun. place for sure. And it is incredibly popular. It's hard to get a seat there, which is odd because, you know, it's a little tea room in Covington. And I just, I, I just would have given it zero chance of survival. But not only is it surviving, it is m- Bafo popular, and they do a tremendous online business, hmm. and they have teas just like lining the walls. And she, I've been telling her she should write a book for a long time, but you know, <laughs> who has the time? I guess really. Anyway, you're by, operating that. You know, I like yeah, I go. like hot tea. Um, usually, when I'm sick, like if I have a cold uh-huh. or something, uh-huh. hot tea is just you know what I want to drink. Yeah. I don't like. The tea with the bergamot in it. I Uh I don't like that flavor. I like the smell of bergamot. I like it in my um, body wash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I have the largest supply of bath and body body wash. And the largest supply of chocolate in any home, I think. But anyway... (laughs) Uh, and I used to have uh, that of tea, but it wasn't the kind of teas that we're talking about. She makes her own tea. Oh, really? And yeah, and and you know, blends it. And there's like cream teas, which I don't really care for. We got an email from someone who wants to do a tea and chocolate pairing for us, so we'll be having them on the show. But oh, anyway, cool. um, I told they said any particular preferences. I said I like black tea and I like darkest chocolate. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what comes up. Five five six nine six nine six is the number, but back to the original point. I venture to say that there are, if a person had to choose coffee or tea, I venture to say that there are more coffee drinkers in the United States than tea drinkers. Would you say that's true, Patty? Do you think? Definitely, I think. Yeah, I don't know if it's a massive difference. But I think that it's probably somewhat substantial. I would say something like maybe, you know, 75-25 or 70-30, something like that. 5569696, if you happen to know that equation, call me. I would love to hear it. Well, I just looked it up. Oh, good. What is it? 70% of people age 65 and over prefer coffee, while just 21% consider tea their drink of choice. Mm-hmm. So it looks like tea is becoming more popular in among younger people. Like the next headline which is, says, younger Americans are ditching coffee for tea. Which is interesting because millennials really like their hyper pricey tea uh, coffees. You know, the French trucks of the world right. could not become the French trucks of the world without a major. Um, loyalty component from millennials, I think. According to you this know. study, it said when people under 30 were asked if they prefer coffee or tea, it was about equal with 42% of no the votes No kidding. Each. Yep. Huh. That is surprising. I'm very surprised by that. Wow. Well, okay. Um, you were learning stuff here. I, that, well, that, see, <laughs> this is what the food show is about. That's right. It's about a lot of truly insignificant <laughs> details. But great cocktail but party fun, conversation. But they're yes. fun. 
fun. <laughs> They're fun, you know? Anyway, 5569696 if you want to join the conversation. We're going to start today. Today is Stan's Day. Wednesday is always Stan's Day. We would never bump Stan for anything, even no. something like National Coffee Day, because first of all, we love Stan. And he's the most interesting fellow. I love to I love to travel vicariously through him. So Stan stays at three o'clock. And we have we have bumpered him on either side with Bob Arsenault, who started Orleans Coffee, but is also the founder of Parish Coffee and um, and a coffee nerd. I'm sorry, Bob, a true coffee nerd. Not as much of a coffee nerd as his partner, Tom, and that's why they split up, because one was more nerdish and the other one was more generically commercial. So Bob <laughs> is the generically commercial one. And so we're going to talk to him. And But they're both really fun and interesting guys. So, um, so 3.30, we have Bill, is it Bill Hennessy? Bob, Bobby Hennessy. Bob Hennessy. Bob and Bob. Okay, mm-hmm. so we have Bob Stan and Bob Hennessy from Morning Call. And I'm most interested in talking to him because of his massive new place and the the travails of the last few years for him and his, uh, you know, it's like, I, I think that he landed in a really great spot. Oh, I do too. So we'll Beautiful. talk about morning call. Yeah, I haven't been there, but, um, but we'll talk to him about morning call. So a lot of coffee talk today. If you do not want to talk about coffee, that's perfectly fine. Call us and tell us what you would like to talk about. I was looking up some of the history of coffee and oddly enough, it doesn't, go back that far, which is kind of curious and probably not even factual. But according to the National Coffee Institute or the National Coffee, what is it? Um, Association, National Coffee Association. It goes back only to like the, you know, 1800s, which doesn't seem quite right. But supposedly it was discovered in Ethiopia. There are a lot of legends that have to do with coffee. It was discovered in Ethiopia by this guy who was a goat herder and um, noticed that when his goats ate these berries, they were kind of wired. And uh, then he took some of the beans and uh, drank them and discovered the same thing himself and then it made its way to the middle east and then it made its way to coffee houses which have quote always been thus i'm intrigued by the coffee houses of you know like vienna where people like sigmund freud and trotsky and oh gosh darwin and all those guys hung out and talked there gobbledygook (laughs) and what sort of things came out of coffee houses and then how um it's morphed into a modern day sort of social environment anyway coffee is a most interesting beverage we will be talking a lot about it today five five six nine six nine six is the number we'll 
We'll be back after these messages. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood. Celebrating 25 years. Night and day, you are the one. All righty. I want to get to a words to eat by today from the Almanac because it's something I don't want to miss. It's, it's words to eat by today are from Bum Phillips. Do you remember Bum Phillips? He was all the rage back in the 80s. I don't yeah. know. I don't know exactly what his years with the Saints were, but he was born in uh, 1923 on this day. And he said, it was quite a compliment to New Orleans. He was a Texas native. And he said, the worst steak in New Orleans is better than the best steak in Texas. Wow. You know, I think, I think that's true. Tom has always said what a terrific steak town New Orleans was and is and I think I think it's true and sometimes you find really terrific steaks at a place you wouldn't expect them I've said for the last couple of weeks or months that the best steak I think I've ever had I had at Dakota on the North Shore quite unexpected but it was absolutely fantastically good and before that the best steak I had was at the now defunct poor sadly now defunct Oxlot to quote my daughter boy that one hit you hard mom <laughs> it really did it was also coordinated with Ida which also hit me hard so it was not it's been not been a good month since the closing of Oxlot but not because of Oxlot but anyway um the Oxlot steak at lunch was like the one of the best deals in town. It was $24. It was this incredibly delicious piece of meat, a filet, a thick filet with roasted potatoes and broccoli rob. And neither of those were steakhouses. So um, Tom says and has said for a long time that there are some absolutely terrific steaks around town, mainly at the Grand Dames. And that you could get just a sensational steak at a place like Antoine's or at Arno's. And uh, I think that's true. I mean, I haven't had one, but I believe it because I've seen it at other places. 5569696 is the number. National Coffee Day. What Tom Bright. Michael75, come on in. Hello, dear. I hate to say it, but I agree with you on Dakota. Terrible. Wait, wait. It's terrible. What did you say? It's terrible. Did no, it's you say terrible ter that I that I, I, oh. that I agree with you on Dakota. <laughs> okay, but, I know. We try to avoid okay. it as much as we can, right. Michael. But sometimes by, by, it just slips through. Right. By the way, since it's National Coffee Day, you need to ask anybody who knows anything about coffee about the greatest coffee in the world and the most expensive. It's called Kopi Luwak. 
Okay. Are you, are you familiar? Not with at me? all. Not at all. Okay. No. In the in the famous movie The Bucket List with uh, Jack Nicholson, he uh-huh. is a uh, arrogant uh, uh, a billionaire, <laughs> and he's bragging about the greatest coffee in the world, and it's called Kopi Luwak, and he drinks it. And okay. if you have to watch a movie for the uh, ending, which is fabulous concerning Kopi Luwak. But okay. uh, ask, ask these guys to see if they know anything about that. You know what movie I'm watching right now, just for the pure entertainment? I love to laugh and don't do it that much anymore, but I make a point of finding some good laughs sometimes. And uh, did by the way, did you look up those Sebastian Maniscalco videos? Oh, yeah, I love them. Hysterical, hysterical. Anyway, um, the old in-laws, not the new one, but the old in-laws with Alan Arkin and um, and Peter Falk. I mean, I haven't seen it in a very long time. It, it dates back to 1979, but I, I ran across it on television and taped it, and it's just as brilliant as it ever was. Anyway. Did you, did you ever see that Peter Falk, I'm not Peter Falk, Alan Arkin uh, movie, Freebie and the Bean? No. That's, uh-huh. a, that's a funny, great one, too. I do like Alan Arkin. I really do. By anyway, way, is, he, my, is he still with us? I think he is. I don't know. The, uh, my wife and I had a fabulous meal again for the umpteenth time at Pascal's Manali today. Mm. And we, I think it's the best deal in the city. The, uh, it, it's a large enough uh, uh, serving. It, it's called the appetizer serving, but it's large enough. Uh, it's called the... Um, Combination pan roast with uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, oysters, uh, crab meat, shrimp, etc. It's almost mm-hmm. like the uh, stuffed eggplant at Galatoire's. Anyway, and then that's thirteen dollars for your whole meal. And then uh, on the side, I got five dollars worth of Brabant potatoes. Excellent, uh, not as good as Galatoire's, but really good. Uh, but I, I I didn't do it this time. But next time I'm going to do it. I'm going to only they give you so many. I'm only going to eat half of them. Bring the other half home and use them. Roast them up a little more, and you use them in my um, corned beef hash. What oysters? No, the, the, the oh brabant potatoes. potatoes. Oh, the brabant potatoes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that, should, that sounds good. That Why not? Good. And also, I think that's a good I, I, restaurant. Oh, yeah, I love it. And uh, also, uh, believe it or not, I really, I tried this, I experimented with it, and I really love this with Brabant's and with uh, regular French fries, just straight mayo. Have you ever tried that? My mom used to eat mayo. Of course, my mom ate mayo with absolutely everything. But, um, but yes, she used to eat mayo with French fries. Well, it's the same sort of thing as like a, I mean, it's like, one step away from an aioli or or a béarnaise sauce, you know, it's it's right. Yeah. Well, the, the people who made French fries, the French, uh, yes. they eat mayo with it. Right, right, yes. I know so they anyway, did in yeah. Belgium when they were serving good fries and not the frozen ones. I don't know what. Oh yeah, uh, we we were in um, we were in uh, right outside of Amsterdam is a little port uh, city. Uh, it's called Volendam, Volendam, people call mm-hmm. it. And people walk around with the wooden shoes and everything. Mm. It's right on it. And they, they, uh, they eat the uh, French fries with the, uh, with the mayo over there. Yeah, yeah. They definitely do a lot of mayo there. Yeah. All right, Michael, uh, what anyway, else? Anyway, mm-hmm. the two key words for the day are Kopi Luwak. Kopi Luwak, okay. All right. Okay. I will write I'm that listening. down. Okay. Well, listening. Okay, bye-bye.
All right, take care. Bye-bye. 556 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. I would love to talk to you about food. That's all we do here. I'm watching the wasps. I'm watching the wasps, which are back, but not in great profusion like they were yesterday. So I don't know what that means. I'll be disappointed if they can't come back and stay in those kinds of numbers because uh, that that seems like it's a good picture and I want to post that picture. 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I would love to talk to you. It's National Coffee Day. We've been talking about that. It would be hard to find a person not reliant in some way on the existence of coffee and Orleanians more than most. Our local specialties of coffee and chicory and cafe au lait are tied into our traditions, like coffee and beignets. Tom says he enjoys several cups of coffee a day of Union Coffee and Chicory. The worldwide history of coffee can't be given justice in this almanac. You'll want to read the whole story. And if you go to NCA, that's National Coffee Association USA, ncausa.org slash about hyphen coffee slash history hyphen of hyphen coffee, you can read all of what I was talking about before. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk to me. Let's talk about food because that's what we do here. Tom has the old kitchen sage says if you can't remember when you acquired your current supply of bay leaves, scatter them on the lawn and rake them up with the rest of the dead leaves. You know, I never did appreciate bay leaves. I always, first of all, were kind of afraid of them because Tom told stories about people choking and dying on them. And I never could understand the appeal of bay leaves until Frank Brightson was on the show. And he talked about a booklet that he put out, which was, I don't know, 25 of his best recipes during COVID. And in it, he had, quote, the perfect rice, which is sort of legendary in town and appeared at, let's see, where did it turn up first? It was at, at Crozier's. It, it was Gerard Crozier's recipe. And then Frank Brightson got it from Gerard Crozier. And various chefs around town have referred to, quote, the perfect rice and always credited Gerard Crozier, who brought it into town. And it is indeed the perfect rice. Have you ever had it, Patty? I'm sure I have because Bryson's one of my favorite places. But Yeah. Well, have you ever had just like white rice there? No, I don't think so. It's, uh, I, you know, what? I'm going to send you the the link to it because we've talked about the perfect rice several times on the show because it is, in fact, perfect. It's not popcorn rice, but if you're looking for a white rice that can be eaten without anything on it, this is indeed the perfect rice. But mm. one of the key ingredients to the recipe is a bay leaf. It's got exact times that you have to, you know, swish the rice around in the herbs and and oil. And, and then you put the water in there and you heat it up to boiling and then you turn it off and let it steam. But the bay leaf is an essential ingredient in it. And it was the first time that I ever really 
noticed the flavor of a bay leaf and how important it is and what kind of flavor it imparts to something. And so ever since then, I've I've noticed bay leaves. I actually went and bought some because we had a big pile of bay leaves that would certainly fall into the category that the old kitchen sage alluded to, which was <laughs> that they're so dead you can just throw them on the lawn and rake them up. We never used bay leaves. Well, first of all, we never cook in this house. But um, the bay leaves would just be sitting there for, I don't know, probably 20 years. <laughs> and and then I finally threw them away. But... Um, but I just never expected to actually go out and purchase them after that. And I did. I went and purchased some new bay leaves because of the perfect rice recipe. So maybe I'll put, I'll send you the perfect rice link, Patty, since we're yes. talking about it. Yes. And we can put it up on the website for people who are hearing about the perfect rice for the first time and might want to do something with that. It does require a bay leaf and not the kind that's 20 years old. <laughs> 556 is the number. We have Bob Arsenault calling at 2.30 to talk about coffee. And then we have Stan, who's going to be reporting on his adventures since we last spoke. And then we have another Bob, Bob Hennessy, uh, from Morning Call to talk some more coffee. But first, let me tell you that today is Mikkelmas, the Feast of St. Michael the Archangel. He's the patron of bakers, green grocers, and Pensacola. <laughs> the, lore about, the lore about Michaelmas is that if you eat goose on this day, you'll always have enough money the rest of the year. Well, gosh, golly darn, it's already after two. Where is a person going to get a goose? Really? I ate turkey. I wonder if that counts. They're it's cousins, foul. aren't they? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? And you know what? I decided this was the first year... Oh, gosh, you know what? <gasps> now, now that I'm thinking about the kind of year it's been, I should have had the corned beef and the uh, black-eyed peas for New, New Year's, Year's Day. Day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's 2.30 time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. Take an extra long one. Patty will be back. Louisiana Radio Network News. Wait till I come Brandon. back and Jay Guidry of Thibodeau is charged with second-degree murder in the death of his infant daughter. The body of 11-month-old Zabria Guidry was found in the rear cargo area of Guidry's car. LaFouche Sheriff Lieutenant Brennan Mathurn says it's not certain what the father had planned after he placed the infant in his SUV. It's unclear at this time what his intentions were. We do know that the child was placed in the SUV sometime Probably that afternoon, we're estimating around 3 p.m. Autopsy results of 20-month-old Burrow of the Baton Rouge Zoo giraffe named after LSU Heisman winner Joe Burrow indicate the young calf died of shock. And it would appear that Burrow suffered from an anaphylactic shock event. Zoo veterinarian Michael Warsaw says as to what caused the anaphylactic shock, they don't know. It could be an insect bite or an allergic reaction to food. They also tested him for a variety of other things, including COVID. And he was, in fact, negative. That's Brooke Thurington reporting. This is LRN. I wanted my job. If my mother got sick, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I got vaccinated for my daughter. I trust the science. Uh, the reason why I got the COVID vaccine was because of my uh, my newborn child and my at-risk wife. I got vaccinated to keep from, from it happening to me. I talked to my doctors about it, did my research, and they've done a lot of research, and I think they know what they're doing. Visit covidvaccine.la.gov or call one 855 
1-800-453-0774 to schedule your COVID-19 vaccination today. I'm Jim Harper, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Whether you live in New Orleans or New Roads, Cheneyville or Lake Charles, agriculture makes a big difference in your daily life. That's why the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation is here to protect our precious food supply chain at the local, state and national levels. Become a part of our grassroots network. Visit LAFarmBureau.org to join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. AOS Interior Environments are the largest design assist furniture, fixtures and equipment contractor in Louisiana and Mississippi. AOS Interior Environments believe they can't succeed if those around them back? falter. That's why they've partnered with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. The best part is you can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.thefunkyuncle.live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on September 29th, the Gary Allman Band, and on October 6th, Luther Dickinson with Kirk Joseph and Alvin Ford Jr. For more info on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, go to thefunkyuncle.live. AOS Interior Environments, where good design is good business. Find them on the web at thinkaos.com. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Oh, isn't that the truth? That's the that's one of the truest statements I can think of. I'm Marianne Fitzmaurice doing the food show here. I want to talk to you about food. We're talking coffee today because it's National Coffee Day. We're going to be doing a lot of coffee talk. Uh, first with Bob Arsenault from Orleans Coffee slash Parish Coffee. And then with uh, Bob Hennessy, two Bobs, Bob Hennessy uh, from Morning Call at 3.30. And sandwiched between the two Bobs is our usual friend and guest, Stan Meadows from, I'm guessing, still Florida. That's where he was last time. You never really quite know, but that's where he was last week. 5569696 is the number. Today is the Battle of Salamis. <laughs> I don't know where Tom gets this, but I find it endlessly fascinating. In 480 BC, there was a battle with salamis. Uh, think about it for a minute. The image of soldiers trying to beat each other, senseless with long bludgeons made of hard cured pork. We note that this was a sea battle in which the Greek navy managed to defeat the Persians in a small strait between Piraeus and Salamis near Athens. The Greeks were badly outnumbered, so it was a heroic victory, if not one that resulted in the making of muffaladas. Piraeus, for those people who are not familiar, is actually the port city of Athens. That's where all the boats come and go. And I don't know anything about Persia. <laughs> so, um, except that, it, okay, except for uh, Persian food being a precursor to rice aroni. Bob Arsenault, call us if you have forgotten. I should have texted him. Uh, a reminder, but I just talked to him like yesterday or the day before. 556 for Go ahead. 
Oh, good, good, because I want to tell him thank you. Hello, Steve. How are you doing, Miss Marianne? Uh, I am doing great, and I am very grateful to you uh, for your um, your lovely gift, and I thank you very much. Well, very the gift sweet. will keep coming. It'll always keep coming. Huh? I'm well, very serious about and the I'm, food show. Always have been. I'm going to say I, thank you. I had you. the distinction of three times being the person on the plaid phone, and I went, where does Tom <laughs> come up with a plaid phone? <laughs> well, you know what? As... As such a generous supporter of this show, I will give you the plaid phone anytime you call. How's that? Oh, that's perfect. Thank you. Right. I wanted to okay. see if you or somebody out there remember to play. You were talking about coffee. My first mm-hmm. huge experience with coffee was a place next to the Red Lion called Bersodi's back in the mid-70s. Well, Where's the Red Lion? It was on Daniil Street, uptown. The Red Lion. And Bersodi's, I can't remember whether the guy was Romanian or Hungarian or whatever, but he used to serve Ethiopian coffee, every kind of coffee you could imagine. He had those great Hmm. big brass things that you could watch the stuff going through all the tubes and everything. But he had the uh best pastry I've ever eaten in my life and i can't remember the name of the pastries so somebody out there remembers bersodi's and if they're still there give a shout out i'm sure they're not because i mean it it, oh god it was just so good you know i kind of feel like that whole area now romania is getting a little bit further you know past um czechoslovakia well the Czech Republic, but um, that's that whole middle European or central European section, which I think was the birthplace of the European coffee house. And so I'm not surprised that the person who brought really exquisite, serious coffee and pastries to New Orleans was from that area, because that's that's where it started, I think. And, you know, it's funny because I was talking about the the uh, subversiveness that happens in coffee houses and how for a time they were shut down in different places because a lot of stuff like Trotsky and company were, you know, brewing things there. Now you, I would say now you do it on the Internet, but you can't. But but at that time, that was kind of a big deal. And, and I've always been kind of intrigued by coffee houses, not because I drink coffee, but as a social mecca. And that is, you know, that's where it originated. You know, Vienna, that place, that, well, that area. They, they had, they had on, on, on Friday nights at, at 10, they had uh, uh, women doing poetry. Uh-huh. And yeah. I'm going to tell you what. Some of those women were very, very talented. Very few of them were from New Orleans. They were from all over the place, and they just went from coffee house to coffee house. And I got intrigued by the whole scene for about two years in, in <laughs> of the coffee house scene. And you know, you drive uh-huh. to St. Louis to go to a coffee house. You know, and it was just. It, it, it did was you just really? Did I you? Did through, you really? You know? Did you really? 
Well, of course a, I did. Why, right, here's a why Reddit would I tell question. you if I didn't? Any... Pardon me? Hello, hello? Hello? Yeah. Can you Anyone remember Bersotti's Coffee House on Ferret? Ferret, right next to Daniil, right next to the Red Lion. Okay, so, all right, so... Um, Red Lion was a bar, and it was, it, it was a very famous bar. And the strange thing okay. was, was a door and a half away was the coffee shop. And the people would uh -huh. leave the coffee shop, go next door and drink, and the people that drank would come to the coffee shop. And then oh, my gosh, look at this picture of it. <gasps> and you could just sit back and go, wow, this is cool. You know, you had Tulane <laughs> students, you had LSU students, you had people that were po po coming oh out of the beatnik generation and everything. That's what it looks you know. like. That is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great. You know what? I'm going to put this, I'm, I'm going to send this link to Patty, too, because there's a picture of this place. And it is incredibly cool. I mean, it does look like something from the 18th century Europe. It really does. Hmm. It's well, he like it's he like I grew a mm -hmm. Fu Manchu when I got out the military. Fu Manchu mustache, and it was huge. Uh -huh. It went all the way down to my chest. And he had this big, gigantic mustache that came over, but did not connect to his sideburns, and and he would twist the ends, but not quite handlebar. And whenever I'd go in there, he had a ruler, and he would measure to see if mine would have grown more down over the oh lip goodness. than his hat. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, hold on, hold on a second, Steve. Hold, hold on a second. Hey, Bob, are you calling me or are you calling the show? Hello? Bob? Call the show, okay? All right, bye. Okay, all right, bye. That's a this is the kind of thing that we do on the show. It makes it a little quirky, you know. Anyway, that was Bob Arsenault calling me instead of the show. All right, so back to your story. So he would measure his mustache against yours. Yeah, on how thick it was from your nose down past your lip. You know, they do the depth of how thick it had grown in. But he had me by a few years. I mean, in those days, I was actually young. You know, I was still in my Did mid to late 20s. And, Did and you have any girls boys. interested in you with that mustache? Because I can't imagine that I would have been. But anyway, did were girls intrigued by that? Uh, yeah, I ended up with a wife and four kids. <laughs> wait, with the must? Wait, you, and you met her during the mustache phase? Oh yeah, that that and the Harley oh, my. and the motorcycle. That that was way back oh, in the day. Goodness. I got out of the military and I went nuts. Well, that does happen for sure. Well, I, I'm dying yeah. to know more about this place because it's so cool looking. When did you, I guess if you got married and had kids, you couldn't hang out at the coffee place anymore. Was it still, was it still around after you got married? We would go over there once a year and, and we quit going okay. there in like 84, 85. We, we didn't go back over but there. It, so I don't, I don't know if it's what all it has survived through the years. But this was no, it's definitely not there now. Yeah, 76, 77, 78, right in there. And and, uh, and uh, then then uh, we moved to Mandeville and and permanently and and we've been over here ever since, you know. Uh -huh. And and I'm in uh -huh. Madisonville now, but we've been over there ever since. But it was great and I was thinking I said, you know, if anybody had ever been in there, it would be Marianne because it sounds like that's no. the kind of place you would gravitate no. to.
No. You are very, very wrong about me. I have led a sheltered life. <laughs> yeah, I've led a sheltered life. Oh, my gosh. Somebody said, one of the comments about it is uh, it, the F word, and then that looks like the coffee shop of my dreams. And I have to say, it really does. If you are into the coffee shop world, uh, that is it. So, Patty, did you get that? I, I just emailed it to you, the, the link for this place. Somebody's got to remember when this place closed because I would imagine it had quite the following. Oh, the, I would the imagine client, quite the following. The clientele was uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> you, you never knew who was going to be in there, and you go in, you go, okay, I'm 50 sure. people here, and I don't know anybody. I am sure you did, but I I would never have been in a place like that, because I, I was a girl from Kenna, and my uh, mom, um, when she wasn't feeding Vienna sausages to us, kept a very close rein on us, so this that's a place that would have terrified me. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know what? You know what's so funny about it? At the same time, I'm fascinated by stuff like that. There's this. Speaking of that neck of the woods in Europe, there is this um, neighborhood in Berlin, which is the coolest neighborhood I have ever seen. It's called Kreisberg. And it is uh, in the old East German part of town, but right behind the wall. And if you could picture the bywater times 100, <laughs> this Kreisberg place, like, wow. <laughs> but of course, I, you know, I think I got out of the car for two minutes. But the rest of the time, I was just like driving around gaga over it. But yeah, that's, I would never set foot in a place like Bersotti's. This would be so, so over the top for me. Yeah, well, anyway. I really enjoy, I really enjoyed <laughs> eight months working in Amsterdam too. So I was in the. That's, all that's that what stuff. I'm saying. It, okay, a place like Amsterdam, you know, yeah. I, I've never been to Amsterdam other than passing through in the airport, and I'm, you know, if I ever get to travel to Europe again, I uh, will go to Amsterdam. But, but now because I'm all grown up and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I hope you make it. Thank you very much for making me laugh. You take care, Stephen. Thank you so much for your gift. It's a lovely, lovely sentiment. Thank you. All right, that was a most entertaining call. I need to find out more about this place. I've been to that place. I've been but you to that have? Place. You yes. have? Yes. Okay. We used to so hang out reckon- a lot at the Red Lion, and when I looked at that picture, I okay. thought, I mean, they used to have poetry readings and stuff in yeah. there. Yeah, well, you're the urban girl, yeah. Patty. See, this was, <laughs> yeah, my mother would never have let me hang out with you. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All right. Uh, and we, we do have be- Bob on the phone. Okay, well, Bob's going to have to wait because he's calling late, so we'll just put him on for in just a minute. But we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Bob Arsenault from Orleans Coffee. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The Steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. You make me feel so young. 
Just before we get to Bob, there's this girl that I knew at a, at a reunion from my grade school, and she was talking about this girl that she used to go to her house. This is back in the 60s. And her, her parents had something that she just couldn't believe. It was real fish instead of fish sticks. And that was so exotic to her. That's how I grew up. Anyway, let's go to Bob Arsenault. Hey, man, how are you? Happy National Coffee Day. Hey, National! Happy National Coffee Day to you as well. <laughs> it's been an interesting day. I'll bet. For, um, Did you get a lot yeah. of extra orders on Coffee Day? Not, not really. We always do a big promotion around the first of the month, so we'll we'll send out a promotion around October first, and we'll get flooded for a week and a half. So, mm-hmm. but I think maybe next year we'll do something a little earlier for a National Coffee Day. I wish it would. I wish it were on October first, but. Um, but we are at Orleans Coffee. We are preparing for setting up our booth at the um, the Specialty Coffee Association Annual Expo mm. is here in town at the convention center. And normally it's in April, but it got last year they pushed it back to this weekend. And of course, you know we know it's hurricane season, but everybody crosses their fingers, and so yes. the hurricane isn't making it <laughs> anymore welcoming but uh the show must go on so that's uh what we're all in the middle of getting our booth set up so we're excited for that is this something open to the public not really okay i know they think they've done that in the past Uh um i mean if someone really is really interested in coffee and would like to see people who sell all kinds of gadgets and products Uh for the coffee industry Mm -hmm. um if they went to the website sca.coffee and click on, you know, attend and see if you can just kind of scroll through and see if you can get a one-day pass, mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe they are letting people in uh, from the general public. Is it F as in Frank, F-C-A? No, S as S. in specialty. Okay. Specialty oh. Co- coffee Association. Okay. Specialty coffee right. Association. Okay. All right. All right. So SCA.coffee, and, and maybe that is the case. And, um, I, you know, I hate to say this, uh, I think we're like the only Louisiana-based coffee roaster that's actually participating. You think? Why, I wonder. Some of those other. Well, I think COVID scared people away, uh-huh. and um, so people weren't going to travel because of COVID and COVID restrictions. And I think uh-huh. there's a lot of people who just kind of feel bad for the situation we're in with a Hurricane uh-huh. Ida, thinking that, uh-huh. oh, we're all uh-huh. still struggling. And we are still uh-huh. struggling. I'm not re- saying we're not. Yeah, um, right. But but the convention center's up and running. The yeah. city has power for the most part. Um, yeah. I think, you know, food service industry would probably like a little bit of business this weekend. And so, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. for 10,000 people that were originally going to come, it might be fifteen hundred or two thousand people. Oh, really? To, people to, mm. It's gonna. So I think the restaurant industry would probably mind a couple more, couple more mm-hmm. tables being filled. Yeah, I'm but, sure um, they wouldn't so at all. We'll do that. Yeah, but the show good. must go on. So, well, I, I would imagine if there's not that many people that are participating, that maybe they would be much more inclined to welcome someone who's just interested from the public. So, if you are interested so. in coffee, go ahead and go to the website because maybe they would be mm-hmm. delighted to have some extra bodies in the convention center this weekend. 
So what's going on at what's going on at Orleans Coffee? Anything new? Wow. Um, well, we we just continue to have a steady stream of people contacting us who are um, getting in the coffee business in some way, shape, or form. Um, someone getting out of the business and someone takes over their shop, and so they're kind of new to coffee. So it gives us an opportunity to go in and train and educate people on how to run those shops and hopefully run them better than the people before. So mm-hmm. I know that's happened in two cases just in the last two weeks. Oh, really? And, mm-hmm. um, and um, people expanding, opening up, um, you know, second location or third location. We've got a great customer on the Mississippi Gulf Coast that's opening a second location. So the first one does great. I'm sure the second one will. So mm-hmm. people are still getting into the coffee business. Um and people and are loving great coffee. They, so it's not like a full-blown restaurant, but um, they're still serving people at their needs, you know? Yeah. Bob, uh, I've called you a coffee nerd, although not as much of a nerd as your former partner, Tom. I know you both are really, <laughs> really into coffee. What made you so into coffee originally? And what would you say is the perfect cup of coffee? Describe the flavor notes and things that comprise the perfect cup of coffee. Wow. Okay. Um, I always answer your, the, the first question you're asking me, I always start my answer with, that's a conversation for beer. You know, um, and that it's a, it's a long story and even longer when I tell it, but I won't go down that road. Um, I got, it's, and I will keep this brief. I started in coffee in 1988, working for a Phil Jordan at PJ's Coffee. Uh, and, she, and PJ's was already 10 years old. She had three locations. And I worked there part-time. And I... Uh, I'd heard about PJ's from someone and I went into their coffee house, the original location on Maple street. And I just ordered a cup of coffee and I sat down and it was like the curtain was pulled back. And I went, I've been drinking a certain coffee all my life thinking it's sort of the pinnacle of what coffee is and should be. And I tasted this one cup and I went, wow, there's this beautiful, (laughs) delicious world of coffee behind Mm -hmm. the curtain. It's like I was, mm-hmm. it's like you're sheltered, you know, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. so now like, oh, <clears throat> coffee from Ethiopia, Kenya, Guatemala, mm-hmm. Costa Rica, you can buy all these individual coffees. So mm-hmm. it's like somebody who learns how to cook with spices and seasoning yeah. and wants to learn how to learn, like you start reading up on, well, what can I do with this seasoning and what can mm-hmm. I do with this? Spice? Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was that sort of experience. And it's, for me, it's just never stopped, Marianne. Uh-huh. I still, no, I know. I still adore um, tasting new coffees. I get, you know, we get these little eight-ounce samples of unroasted green coffee from importers. We have a little sample roaster, and then we'll roast it. And the next day, we put it on the cupping table, and we cup coffee. You know, that's our little, you know, smell and slurp and spit action mm-hmm. that we do to to identify the qualities mm-hmm. or taints, you know, defects mm-hmm. or something that might be in coffee. So. Coffee's like this beautiful world of coffee out there, but people just go buy that, 
you know that safe stuff the safe stuff yeah (laughs) right so yeah i've always just encouraged people try something a little different every now and then Mm -hmm. um it it doesn't have to be my coffee Mm -hmm. you know maybe spend a dollar more or two dollars more for something you've never had and give it a shot and most likely you'll you'll be astonished at how good something can be so um, the PJ's experience was just a job. Is that so? You didn't you didn't like? Oh, I would like to know more about coffee. You just started a job at PJ's, and then a whole world opened to you. Is that right? Well, um, so that's the experience I told you about happened um, probably two years before I actually went to work for PJ's uh, oh, okay. part time. Yeah, two, okay. two years later. So. Um, I was working in the roasting department part-time, and then a month later I went on full-time, and I was there for six years, and you know, working directly with Phyllis Jordan, um, who did a great job, you know, building that company. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know there was other coffee companies around, but you know, she she was a, a major part in, yeah. in growing, especially breakout, coffee. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and that's right. Yeah. That's right. And so, and I still give her that that credit, you know, to this day. Um, uh-huh. comp- that company's changed hands a couple times, and oh, the other lot, company yeah. would be Orleans Coffee was also out there, uh, and uh-huh. um, and that's that's now the company that I own these today. Uh-huh. Um, you know what, Bob? I'm I'm sorry, but we don't have a lot of time left to talk to you. We've only got yep. four minutes, and then we have to do the news, and then we have yep. two other guests. But I would love for you to come back on and really talk coffee. I- seriously because coffee is like wine and cheese and all of these agricultural products that have endless variants and and together they you know you can mix them up like a deck of cards or something and you get a completely different product and I really Mm -hmm. am intrigued by it although I don't drink coffee I'm fascinated by coffee so would you would you come back on and talk you know specific things like what makes you know Ethiopian I would say better but it's not it's just different (laughs) from you know Guyana and all or Ghana I don't know mm-hmm. those are two separate places <laughs> anyway yeah. uh, all these different coffee places if you go to Arlene's coffee you'll see that Bob has maps of coffee regions all over the world and um, is really fascinating to talk to so we're gonna have you back I'm gonna have Patty yeah. schedule you to come back yeah. and talk about uh, about the real specifics of coffee so the one cup of coffee is that the best cup of coffee you've ever had or have you had one that blew you away after the curtain was pulled off very quickly right. yeah real quickly I'd, I'd say it's coffee from um, Ethiopia a region called Yergachev it's bright and lemony and and just hmm in fragrance and aroma and just the perfect balance uh-huh. like it couldn't this coffee just couldn't taste any better body wow. acidity, the whole the whole experience is like that's the best cup of coffee i've ever had really okay all right well i definitely want to have you back we'll contact you and have bob arsenault from orleans coffee back one quick question how's parish doing Oh, it's great. The orders just, I look at my phone and the emails just keep coming in. It's really, <laughs> right. it's really growing. Right. And I meet people out of the blue who'd say, hey, I'm drinking this coffee. What do you know about it? I go, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be very gratifying. All right. So we will talk to, I hope you don't mind me calling you a coffee nerd because you absolutely are. But I say that in the sweetest sense. <laughs> I, I love no. 
I love people who are incredibly enthusiastic about what they do, especially if what they do is really interesting. And I do think all these regions, coffee regions, and the way things are processed uh, is, is kind of endlessly fascinating to me. So we're going to be back with Bob Arsenault at some future date. And I will just uh, leave you with happy National Coffee Day, Bob. Thank you so much, Marianne. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, 5569696 is the number if you want to talk to any of the people that we're talking to. We would love to have your input or question. Well, Stan is up next and you know, he's just having a grand old time, but you if you hear something you want to talk to Stan about, he would love to talk to you. And then of course we have Bob Hennessy after that from uh, Morning Call. It's WGSO New Orleans, three o'clock. We'll be back after the news, Louisiana Radio Network. USA Radio News. I'm Brad Bernards. Michael Reagan, son of former President Ronald Reagan, told Newsmax he understands the sentiment of many who oppose a judge's recent order to give unconditional release to the man who tried to kill the 40th president. My father would be supporting exactly what's going on right now and not be worried because we need to understand the Secret Service is going to know where John Hinckley is for the rest of his entire life. So I'm not better than my dad. I want to be more like my dad and have a loving heart and, and live the Lord's Prayer instead of just repeat it. John Hinckley was found not guilty by reason of insanity for the 1981 attempt on Reagan's life. Senator Mitch McConnell, Republican of Kentucky, said many of the provisions in the Democrats' $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation bill will reward American adversaries by increasing energy dependence on countries like China and Russia. This is USA Radio News. What will you do if there's a sudden food shortage? Given recent headlines, it seems likely, and at any moment. That's why it makes common sense to build your emergency food storage supply now, while you still can. Do it with the kind of food that stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. Food that doesn't go bad like what you get at the grocery store. Whose food should you trust? The largest preparedness company in America, My Patriot Supply. We've served millions of American families going on 14 years. At MyPatriotSupply.com, our mission is your survival. Our emergency food could definitely be your lifesaver when the peanut butter hits the fan. Choose from dozens of delicious meal kits that provide over 2,000 calories a day, which is what your body needs. Order today and your food will ship fast in unmarked boxes to protect your privacy. Don't wait. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com. Senator Elizabeth Warren, pressing Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell on his record on financial regulation, said she wouldn't support him for a second term as head of the U.S. Central Bank, the highest profile Democrat with a say on his confirmation to come out against him. Renominating you means gambling that for the next five years, a Republican majority at the Federal Reserve with a Republican chair who has regularly voted to deregulate Wall Street won't drive this economy over a financial cliff again. Powell's term expires in February, and Bloomberg News has reported that White House aides are considering recommending President Joe Biden keep him on the job. Dollar Tree, known for selling $1 items, will start testing higher price points in what it's calling a multi-price evolution driven by a combination of customer demand and inflation. This is USA Radio News. 
Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Fleeing U.S. citizens and Afghan green card holders' flight is denied access to U.S. airports. The story from USA's Lance Pry. A U.S.-bound charter plane carrying over 100 Afghan, including Americans, was being held Tuesday at a United Arab Emirates airport after its landing rights were revoked. Project Dynamo's Brian Stern says the flight departed Kabul airport and got held up for over 14 hours at Abu Dhabi airport with 117 people on board. That includes 50. Unsettled weather pattern will improve and we'll get under more sunshine, less rain chance beginning Friday going into the weekend. Today, clouds and the rain will keep the temperatures in check to about the low 80s to the mid 80s. We have a good chance of the rain, showers and a thunderstorm and a few heavy downpours. Scattered activity tonight and then a likely round or two of activity coming in with shower and thunderstorm activity tomorrow. Highs into the mid 80s, middle and upper 80s, fewer storms daily, partly sunny Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. The Gulf Coast Stamp Club will have its fall 2021 stamp and postcard show Friday, October 1st, 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. Saturday, October 2nd, 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. At the St. Martin Community Center, Lemoyne Boulevard, I-10 exit 50, St. Martin, Mississippi. Free and open to the public. There's free parking available, too. Fall 2021 stamp and postcard show sponsored by the Gulf Coast Stamp Club. More info at thegulfcoaststampclub.org. the second course and a conversation that I look forward to every week with our friend Stan Meadows who is out having the time of his life and he is in Florida and Patty told me a little island and I already forgot the name of it so (laughs) where are you Stan? Uh, St. George Island uh, just a little bit outside Apalachicola the former Mm. oyster capital of the world what is the current oyster capital of the world? I, I don't know. New that's Orleans? a good question. You know, somewhere in Louisiana, <laughs> Apalachicola oysters, they shut all the beds down. They reopened January the 1st, 2026. Uh, they became oh a victim. They started declining when the BP oil spill happened. And uh, uh-huh. then, you know, to get the perfect oyster, you need water coming down the Apalachicola River hitting into the Apalachicola Bay, which produces the best salinity that you need for an oyster. And the oyster coming down from Atlanta, that's where it comes through all the corporate farms take of it, so they didn't have a lot of fresh water, and that declined Mm -hmm. it a lot. Uh, Uh, But it opened up a new industry around here, which is uh, aquatic farming, uh, oysters and clams and mussels. And that seems to be going very well for them. So hopefully it'll keep the economy together here. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Wait until the oysters come back. (laughs) Okay. So what's what's on the island, though? I mean, is it like a little resort town or something? Or like, what, what are you doing there? It's it's not a resort town at all. It's very small. The the only grocery store they have is the Piggly Wiggly, and they mm-hmm. and they've got a uh, a few restaurants, and it's mainly locals restaurants. So this uh, state park that we're at and it's beautiful here, right on the end of mm-hmm. the island, uh, isn't even full, which which most of the state parks are full. They they call this area along the coast, I guess from. Port St. Joe, Mexico Beach, uh, on on over to Carabel, the Forgotten Coast, because there's really mm. never been the last part of Florida that hadn't been developed, and it got uh. it, this whole area got wiped out three years ago by Hurricane Michael. Uh, okay, and it uh-huh. still hasn't recovered from that. How big you is the island? Big? Oh, the island. It's probably. At the smallest place, two football fields wide, uh, probably 10 miles long. It's a skinny island. Okay. It's a, uh-huh. a coastal barrier island that's next to St. Vincent uh-huh. Island and Dog Island. is supposed to protect the shore. I uh, see. But, okay. Uh-huh. All right, so... There's a lot of uh, food trucks. Oh, is that right? Really? Huh. Because the restaurant's okay. got what? four down. Oh, uh, Okay. All right. So are you there for a business or just hanging out there since you your business has concluded in Florida or has it not concluded and you're just hanging out there? I'm visiting this area. Actually, mm-hmm. I came to support a music festival. It seems like I like to do that. It's a uh, it's mm-hmm, called yeah. the front called the Front Porch Festival in Apalachicola and they've got mm-hmm. everybody's got their front porches decorated up kind of like they did for during Mardi Gras with, you know, with the houses and they've got bands mm-hmm. playing on everybody on each other's front porch. And there's oh, 20 of cool. them and you rent golf carts and you just ride around and watch the music and, and have fun. So that's now, the main are you carrying a here. golf Are you carrying a golf cart in the RV now? No, we rent them. Oh, okay. So you are you are still riding around in the golf cart with the dogs. I will be, yeah. With the yeah. dogs? <laughs> All right. So have you had, okay, so we talked to you a week ago, and you were at Stinky's when we talked to you. So I know you had a great meal at Stinky's. Have you had anything else since uh, that? Any any new places down there in the 30A corridor that you want to report on? Well, you know, with Stinky's, again, I had brunch there also, which was uh, oh, yeah. very good brunch. I always get the rock star when I go to brunch there. The rock star was created because uh, for the the old band, the band, the All American Rejects, they used to come. Yes, to I love that rock. band. Yeah, is and, that right? Uh, huh? Yeah, their favorite brunch food is a crawfish pie uh, with a poached egg and hollandaise sauce on top of it. No kidding. Uh, Are they from yeah. that area? Uh, you know, I I don't believe so, but they had a uh, they had some condos around there, and they spent I a see. lot of time in, in that area. Uh, uh-huh. They actually they had their New Year's Eve party most of the time at the, at our little bait shack we have next to it. They rent that out. So, oh, interesting. Guys. So I had hmm. that. You know the 
the new there's really not a lot of new restaurants from 30A that has opened. From what I can uh-huh. tell, it's just they changed from one. The building's still there, and somebody else put a new new restaurant in. I did go to the Red Bar. You know, it, it had burnt down. It's probably the most world famous bar on the beach there, and it had uh-huh. burned down uh, a couple years ago. And they just rebuilt it and got it open. And I hadn't mm-hmm. been in since it's been reopened. But if I didn't know it had burned, I would think it was the same building. They recreated it wow. exactly like it was. They even had the Ross Perot for President bumper sticker on the bar. <laughs> so I was pretty impressed with it. You know, my daughter was there over the weekend, not 30A. She was just in Orange Beach, and she went to Florabama for the very first time. And she said, you know what? I, I got to say, I get it. I get it. I mean, I've never been, but, you know, I I, I would imagine that it is uh, worthy of its its reputation. I was, I was there about two weeks ago when I came driving down through Mississippi. You know, that's where they do the mullet toss. They put two empty toilets i don't know how i guess they measure how far apart maybe 50 feet or so and you stand there with a mullet by his tail and you try to toss it in the toilet bowl to win the big prize (laughs) i love four okay okay there you go what can you say other than that so you said you had a great brunch at stinkies what did you have well i had the rock star and i had uh frog frog leg menu and then they they was proud of some boudin they just made, so they had a special on a boudin eggs benedict. Mm, okay. Uh, and they use the boudin instead of the uh, English muffin or biscuit that they do. Uh-huh. Well, that's good because uh, boudin is uh, much better than an English muffin for sure. Yes. Yes. Um, did you did you get any flounder when you went gigging with Jim? We we didn't make a gigging. Oh. I, I no. ended up. I ended up at ladies' night at Redfish Taco instead. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, probably better. Probably better. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Jim, but I also have pretty much invented ladies' night in this area, so in that area. <laughs> you have a reputation to maintain. All right. Yeah. So, so what's next for you this week? Where are you? You're, sta- you're staying in Florida, I assume, huh? I, I am staying in Florida. You know, I'm going to go this weekend to the uh, Front Porch Fest, and then we'll see what goes from there. I, I may go farther east into Florida. I'm in the Big Bend area, the Forgotten Coast, and mm-hmm. I may go down the Gulf side a little bit farther towards South Florida. It's it's still a old-school kind of place, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of beautiful rivers and springs through mm-hmm. there. So I'm probably going to go check that out. And there's some uh, old school restaurants, you know, down okay. through that area. that has been there a long time. I want to go check them out. Mm-hmm. And um, that's about as far as I've, I might go stay in, uh, it's a state park called Tate's Hill State Park uh, on the way down there. Um, it's got a story behind it. You want to hear it? Sure, but I wait. Wait, don't don't tell it now. Let's take a break. Okay, it's, it's break time. We're gonna take a break with Stan Meadows. We will be back to hear his story about one of the old school places. We'll be back. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers too. 
Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. I get misty just holding your hand. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting, a teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally, just shorter, as in I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous, as in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Louisiana's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Louisiana High School Athletic Association and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. If you're worried your friend may be struggling, remember, okay, you don't I'm have back. to be there to be there. You could say how while you will get a fake tattoo. You could ask with an app if it works for you. You could write them a text or knit them a sweater if you can't be Alrighty, we're back. Little extra break there. A lot going on behind the scenes here at the Coolwater Ranch. All right, so we were talking about is it a state park that has a special story? Was that what you were talking about, Stan? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a uh, state park. It's called Tate T A T E S Hell State Park. It's in Carabelle, Florida, and the the story behind this name goes back to 1865. And there was a farmer 
cattle farmer uh, that his cows were being killed by a panther. And so he took his gun and his pack of uh, dogs out into the forest to hunt down this panther. Uh, mainly he took the dogs because he could get back home. The dogs know how to get home. Well, the dogs took off and left him out there, and he got lost. And it's in the middle of the swamps. And he stayed out there for seven days before he worked himself to the road going to Carabell. And a passerby stopped and asked if he was okay. And he said, I've just spent the last seven days in hell. And then he collapsed and died. Uh, oh, no. So the, oh. So the, the, state, the state bought the land in 1945. And knowing that story, they named the 220,000-acre park Tate's Hell. Uh, so that's a pretty good um. tribute, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bummer. If you finally make it after seven days in hell and you make it to the road, and then he died in front. Oh, that's sad. God, that's depressing. Yeah, I- okay. Thank you, Stan. What? <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Happy, happy coffee day. <laughs> What uh, what year was that? When was that? 1865. Way mm, back in the okay. day. Yeah. Well, so it wouldn't be a passerby in a car. So, wow. <clears throat> that's oh, um, no, that's it, quite a story. A, anytime you're out hunting a panther, you don't want to get lost. Trust me on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But And so he never, he was never able to say if he actually saw the panther, I guess. Of course, the panther would be out hunting him, too. Yeah. I just spent seven, the last seven days in hell, and then he died. <laughs> oh, no. That's such a bummer. Well, you know, Stan, this is why I look forward to our conversations each week, because I can always count on you for a really good story. So you're going to be now in the next week hunting down some old-fashioned kind of restaurants. What is? Do you remember that place in Pensacola? The boarding house is that still around? I don't. Do you know, know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I know a little bit about restaurants in Pensacola, but not, I've never heard of that one. There's a place, Mrs. Hopkins Boarding House. That's what it was called. Uh, if anyone knows if that's still around or whatever happened to it, but it was sort of legendary in Pensacola. And it was actually a boarding house from who knows when. And it was a place where a lot of people went to have dinner. And it was just essentially a buffet as though you were staying at the boarding house, but you were just there for dinner. And it was, um, this was in my college days. So, um, you know, I didn't have standards as high as I do now. I don't know how good the food actually was. But it was kind of a you know a cool, interesting place to go. If anyone knows if there is still a place called Mrs. Hopkins Boarding House, I guess that there would be no boarding house you know now. That's sort of way out of date. But um, I don't know if the restaurant remains with that name. I, All right, I know so you're talking, uh, you do. I know you what do. you're talking okay. about now. Yeah, it's got it's got big communal tables. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that's what it is. Yeah, it, it, Yep, exactly. I do think that, I don't think that they're open anymore. Oh. It seemed like a place that would have uh, bit the dust in maybe the 90s, you know, when yeah. when things were getting a little more, um, 
a highfalutin than, you know, and, and, a, and a good night out wouldn't have been at a boarding house. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things that probably saw its day and then its day is no more. So what, uh, where else are you looking to go that are old-fashioned restaurants in that area? Because I don't know any of them. Well, I don't know the names of a lot of them. I haven't really researched that out. But L.W. Mm -hmm. and I drove uh, down that way back when he was a young colt. He, mm. he, was, he thought he was a horse growing up, so he grew up as a colt. <laughs> and we stopped at quite a few places back through there. And I want to look them up and see. Probably drive down towards uh, St. Pete, Tampa, uh, that Zephyr Hills, that area. Uh, and I kind of tried to relive those days. That was, you know, 10 years ago when I drove down through there. So I'm looking forward to it. But I, okay. there was a lot of, they called them old Florida cracker restaurants. So. <laughs> and so you're talking about the Gulf Coast of Florida going all the way down the, yeah. the Gulf Coast of Florida. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be hanging out in Florida for a while then because that should take you a while to get through. Yeah, I'm looking for that weather like I had in Wisconsin. That feeling you get when all of a sudden you wake up and your windows are open and you're like, ah. Yeah, but uh, you know, it might take a while to get that in Florida because, you know, Florida's even more humid than here. If you're done yeah. with your business in Florida, why don't you just go back to Wisconsin? Well, because it's getting it's cold snow. there now. It's starting to yeah, get cold. It's snow there. It's snow Wait, there, what? So. Wait, what? It's going to be snowing there soon. No kidding. Oh, oh gosh. Hmm. Uh, so, so you don't know when you're planning to leave Florida or where you're going next. There must be some music festival you're looking to hit, huh? Well, on October 26th at the uh, Swanee River Music Park, there's a, a festival that's a Roots Revival Festival. It's got Sam Bush and a bunch of other people that I know and heard of before there. And a lot of my friends from... Uh, Around 30A will be there, so mm, mm -hmm. I, I may end up going there. Well, yeah, that's only a couple of weeks away, but time flies. It certainly does. So uh, aren't you trying to catch the Stones somewhere, too? I don't think, I, I don't think I'm going to make the Stones tour this year. I might get up to Nashville. I don't know. I, mm -hmm. Anytime they've been on tour for the last 25 years, I've made a point of seeing them at least once during it. But, oh, wow. No kidding. Yeah. Well, it yeah. seems like they're on tour every year. I mean, it 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 make they make it sound like it's a it's an occasional occurrence, but it seems like they were just here a year ago. No, oh, two well, years ago. Two, two years ago, yeah, they were, they had a big tour two years ago. This is actually a continuance of that tour. Uh, I see. That is how they're mm -hmm. billing it. So, because it was what it was COVID days. aborted or something. Yeah, during COVID, was, they shut it down, and then Mick, you know, he's 80 years old, had a heart attack, uh, so they had to shut it down for a little bit, but they're back on the road doing right. good. So Wow, and he's going. 80 years old. That's, you know, if you do something you love, you just do it till the day you drop. That's it, and, and, and you make especially that, if it's uh, that lucrative. million dollars doing it. <laughs> I know. We should all be so lucky. That's all you can say. Wow. Anyway. All right, Stan. <clears throat> it's always great to talk to you. And have you had anything in the last week to eat that blew your mind? Indian Pass Raw Bar in Indian Pass, Florida, between Port St. Joe and Apalachicola. 
It was founded in 1903. Uh, so by the lady of the a general store, but they cooked food for the turpentine workers, this big turpentine production area. And it got mm-hmm. wiped out by Hurricane Michael three years ago. They just reopened it. looks pretty much the same. But it's so laid back. You walk in, you get you a beer or a Dr. Pepper out of the, out of the cooler, like in the grocery store. You sit down. Mm-hmm. Somebody will come and say, what do you want to eat? Or you go track somebody down. And they've got oysters raw and steam. They've got crab. They got steam crab. They got baked oysters, steam strips, stuffed shrimp, mm. and gumbo. And that's about it. Every now and then they'll fire a barbecue cut, put something on it, and they bring you your food. When you go pay, they ask you what you got. Say I had three Budweisers and two dozen raw oysters, and they charge you for it, and you pay and go. They don't give you a ticket. They trust what you what you tell them. Hmm. And it's a lively place. It's a, a very cool place. It is cool. Sounds really cool. Since 1903, it's called Indian Pass Bar. Indian Pass Raw Bar. Huh. Indian Pass, Indian Pass Raw, Raw Bar. bar. And where is it? In Indian Pass, where is it? Florida. It's in between Indian. Port St. Joe, Florida, and Apalachicola on a road hmm. named 38. Very uh, cool. Very cool. Different 38. But yeah, Google it if you get bored and look it up. You will want to go, though. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to look because we were talking about this coffee house. Did you hear the conversation about the coffee house? No. Okay, about this place that, yeah, like a coffee house uh, right out of Central Europe called Bersodi's. And I just looked up a picture and I was just like, wow, that's so cool. So I'm going to have to check this one out too, Indian Pass Raw Bar. You're always good for a great story. Real quick before you leave, how's Trinas doing? Anything cool happening there? I, You know, I've seen Jim briefly and then he had to to go. uh, I think he's working real hard with the new lunch menu trying to finalize mm-hmm. that for Trinas. So it, I'd say within a week. I told him when, when they opened for lunch that him and uh, him and Chef Todd Neeman needed to call you. They said yes. they would. Okay. Before. okay they good. appreciated it. Uh, today's good. coffee day, I heard you talking about coffee. Yes. Yes. And uh Always buy Do you want to wait? If, if you want to wait, Stan, if you want to weigh in on that, I'll hold you over if you have a few extra minutes. Okay. Because I know, I'm sure you have something interesting to say about that too, as you do about everything else. So we'll hold you over. We have Bob Hennessy for Morning Call talking about his new place in the next half hour. But we have time to hear Stan's words of wisdom about National Coffee Day. And I, I know it will be worth the wait. We will be back after the bottom of the hour news from the Louisiana Radio Network. It is National Coffee Day. We'll talk some more about that. It's 3.30. Louisiana Radio Network News, I'm Kevin Gallagher. There's good news and bad news in Louisiana about the current COVID-19 surge. It comes from State Health Officer Dr. Joe Cantor. It's clear now that we spiked with Delta sometime around the middle of August and have been making consistent progress since that time. The bad news is coronavirus is still very much a thing in our state, and Cantor says people need to keep vigilant to not spread it or get sick. The governor's mask order remains in effect another month. The baby giraffe that died this month at the Baton Rouge Zoo was a victim of anaphylaxis. 
Zoo vet Dr. Mike Warsaw says nailing down what caused it could be tough. He says it could be something as small as a bug bite. It is theoretically possible, yeah, that it could be any insect bite, anything that was abnormal in his diet, which, you know, he had had nothing new in his diet previously. Everything was things that he had had before. The 20-month-old giraffe was named for former LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. This is news on LRN. I'm Jim Harper, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Agriculture is big business in our state. $11 billion a year for Louisiana's economy. When other businesses had to shut their doors, our essential Louisiana farmers and ranchers continue to provide each of us with the food and fiber we need to survive. That's why I'm a proud member of the Louisiana Farm Bureau family. Visit LAFarmBureau.org, the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Tiger Rack, we know this is the most anticipated football season since last football season. You want fluff, eat a marshmallow. I like the taste. But if you want the dirt, Tiger Rack's got the shovel. The only way to get more info on LSU sports is by wiretapping a coach. Tiger Rack Magazine, on newsstands today and online at TigerRack.com. WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. All righty, 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to anybody that I'm talking to, we're still talking to Stan Meadows, who visits us every week. It's a conversation I look forward to. He's having the time of his life, and I'm right there alongside of him, enjoying it vicariously. So I know you have some words of wisdom about coffee. What did you want to say about National Coffee Day and coffee? I'm sure you have well, interesting coffees that you've experienced. And, and I love coffee, and I learned how to drink coffee black, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps boot camp, and they really don't give you ch- a time to put sugar and milk in your coffee and eat your breakfast. So <laughs> I learned that lesson real quick, and that is really the only way I'd like to do it. I would like to advise anybody, go ahead and spend the extra $4 a pound and buy better coffee uh, and buy fair trade coffee because it really helps the coffee trade out and the people out for humanity's sake do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always tried to buy coffee, you know, South America, Africa, the Middle East, Southeast Asia, along that belt between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn that runs through there. They call that the bean belt, and that's where mm. some of the best coffee beans in the world come from. I, I grind my coffee beans fresh every morning. I, I never buy the same kind of coffee two times in a row. Uh, so everybody gets really? This. 
and I and I uh, brew it in a French press. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm very particular about how I do it. One time I ground too much coffee for the day and drank it the next day. Those grinds, I could taste the difference. Uh, mm. Or in my head, I could taste the difference, whether I could or not. I'm sure you probably uh, could if you're that into coffee where you don't buy the same kind every time and you use a French press, then I'm sure that you, that it wasn't in your mind. It was in your palate, I would guess. Yeah, and I love you coffee, know? and I'm glad they made a fake holiday called National Coffee Day. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be my only thing to say about it. Well, we'll have to talk about coffee some other time. Maybe we'll have you on with Bob uh, Arsenault from Orleans Coffee. He's going to come back on the 12th and talk about coffee, but it sounds like you could hold your own with him much more than I could because I don't drink coffee. Yesterday we had um, Jeff McCrory on from Cool Brew, and we were talking about the difference in Cool Brew coffee and hot coffee and uh i don't i don't care for coffee and i i think i'm going to try the cool brew to see if it's if it's different i have a feeling it is anyway all right stan always good to talk to you uh we look forward to next week i know that you will have by the time we talk experience some of these old-fashioned places and have some cool stuff to report always fun hugs to the dogs they're listening they're sitting right here You too. Bye-bye, Stan. Stan Meadows, our fun, intrepid traveler out there experiencing all the things that he didn't get to experience when he was working. He he cashed it all in, bought the luxury RV motorhome, put the dogs in it, and or one dog, and then added another one along the route. Let's go to Bob Hennessy, who is with Morning Call. And uh, I have a couple of questions for him. It is National Coffee Day, so we thought we would have some coffee people on to talk. Hello there, Bob. Hello. How are you? Well, we're good over here. You're doing very well, I think, after a lot of um, fits and starts with the the whole, um, what is it, the casino building at at the... city park that you have now landed in a place that's even better huh i think you're right it's funny how things work out uh, it looks it like is, one door isn't it? closes and another door opens that's and, right uh, it, i think it's it all about timing as well and uh yeah we were very yeah i mean we loved our experience at city park obviously but uh Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is, and we have our competitor over there, and uh, we, we have a brand-new state-of-the-art home not too far from City Park, and uh, right by the streetcar line, and it's just beautiful location, and uh, we're, we're doing well. Uh, you know, we're dealing with the pandemic and uh, the mandate that uh, our mayor put on, uh, on the city, mm-hmm. and basically yeah. playing Vax Police, um, which, you know, we yeah. going the yeah. whole story about that. Yeah. And but but it's been. Did well you received. lose forty or fifty percent of your business as other people are you know, reporting? Um, it's hard to say, but it, it doesn't help business, and I think a lot yeah, of people right. won't even venture into Orleans Parish because of it. Yes, and right. um, it's it's you know I mean I don't want to get on the whole topic, but right we can't we we, yeah, we, we, we made a like pact with the We're show. <laughs> I don't want to talk about <laughs> but, but, uh, we accommodate yeah, all people, people who and, and we and I think people should have a choice. And with people yeah. who don't want the vaccine, we have plenty of seating outside. It's beautiful veranda mm-hmm. right over, mm-hmm. uh, overlooking the, the beautiful you know, foliage. And we got the streetcar, and it's just a beautiful spot to hang outside yeah. or I've heard great inside things. either way. But, but I've we heard offer wonderful things. 
Yeah, and, and I'm sorry to hear you don't like coffee. I'm so disappointed. We need to change that. I've never had a cup of coffee in my whole life. That never. you enjoy. Isn't that You've crazy? You've never had a cup ever? Well, I tried to like it in college, and maybe okay. it was the coffee that I, I tried to like that made me not drink coffee, but I don't, I don't care for coffee, no. I'm oh. a tea drinker, and I thought I was maybe the only person in the world that could say that, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's not true. There are a lot of people who don't right. drink coffee, and I didn't realize there were until not long ago, actually. But wow. um, it's crazy. It, it's, it, it's, it's not, you know, it's like I, I kind of almost feel like I'm allergic to coffee because when I I'm very hypersensitive to it. I love the smell, but I can pick up coffee in anything. Okay. I really can. Just like a little hint of it. Reaction to it when you I don't know. No, no. It's just like I I, revulsion is the word. But no man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not like you in that respect. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's that's not good to mind. What do you drink? Let's talk about tea. Oh yeah, tea. I do I drink tea. Yes, okay. I, I drink like tea. tea as well. Okay. Yeah, I mean tea's, you well, know, tea's think, good too. I think I'm going to limb. I think if you came over to Morning Call and we showed you how we do our thing and we give you a little sample, you may you may like it. It's I'm so open to the idea. I'm listen, open to the idea. Of, there's a lot of bad coffee out there. There's a lot of mediocre it might coffee, be that. and maybe you just haven't experienced. Yeah. Us. You know? That's that could be it. I am I'm willing to uh, to open up to the possibility. I absolutely am. It's wonderful. So I'll let's, invite you over, and I'll show you how we do it. I'll I'll be one of those people out outside. So uh, uh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I, look, it's beautiful outside. It really is. Well, so not anyway, not so right we, now. Is it raining over there? Because it's yeah, raining it over is, on the North Shore. Yeah, it is raining. Yes, yeah. and uh, okay. but it, it's very lovely, and all the colors. It has out. been. It's raining, it's and been it's cooler. Nice. That's the good thing about yeah. the rain. At least it's not hot. Yeah, right. It's, it's right. kind of nice. It smells good. It's it's good. I like the rain. Not right. always. So. so you, I want to know about morning call because uh, I know that that Cafe Dumont is a really old company. How old is Morning Call? Well, let me let me set the record straight. I think a lot of New Orleanians maybe don't know the history of the two coffee shops. Obviously, they're both very old. Mm-hmm. Um, our position, and you know, I've been involved with the business for probably 45 years, and I worked with the old waiters from the French market, because Monical originated, you know, in the French market, 1870, so it's a 151-year-old business. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And and we were on Decatur and St. Philip on that corner on the peninsula for 104 years. Mm-hmm. And we had waiters when I was working there in, the, I guess, 1970s. I worked with a lot of the old waiters some of which were like 70, 80 years old back in the mm-hmm. 19s, you know, back when I was working as a kid. Mm-hmm. I met all these characters, Leroy Quigley, <laughs> Ignatius Ferreira, and, uh, and Cleveland Dugas. Uh-huh. All these guys were like fixtures, uh, Albert Palestina, they call them Pee Wee. All of these guys were, were like well-known in the French Quarter. And these guys lived through, I mean, they, they were living history lessons, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my stepfather, Al Jurisic, and his brother, Edmund Jurisic, and we had a, a, a Miss Goldberg. There was a Goldberg's, I think, clothing store on Decatur Street, and she was like mm-hmm. 90 years old back in 1970. And she used mm-hmm. to tell us, you know, and I, and I heard word of mouth that you all are the oldest, not Café Dumont. So there's always been a little controversy. 
So I, mm-hmm. I brought it up, and you know, and, and you know, they all telling me word of mouth. They remembered when Cafe Dumont opened, and so I went and researched it because I listened to everyone, and then finally I went with a researcher friend, PhD researcher, and we went just on a quest to find out the truth because you mm-hmm. hear things, and all of these people right. have passed away, and so now our competitor says they're older than us. So. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I went to the New Orleans Historic Collection, uh, spent endless hours there. We went to the UNO's library, went to the main library on Tulane Avenue, and there's a ton of stuff on Morning Call, tons. Mm -hmm. And strangely, Mm -hmm. there's nothing before 1932 on Café Dumont. Interesting. So our position is, regardless of who's oldest, but I think for historical accuracy, is my stepdad's grandfather that opened the business. And if someone's the original, I think they should be credited with being the original. So uh, maybe they can produce some documentation or some evidence. But but just get this. They say that they opened during the Civil War. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you tell me (laughs) who's going to open a business in 1862 in New Orleans. Okay. Uh Oddly, they're eight years younger. You know, we're, you know, they're eight years older than us, according to them. But there's uh-huh. nothing, nothing on them before. Interesting. That is fascinating. So someone, and I've been trying to get someone to maybe a historian, and I did speak to a, like a history professor at, I think at Tulane, and he had a bunch of stuff in his database, and nope, I can't find anything. And mm-hmm. I think they at one time there was a lady writing a, a book about coffee shops in New Orleans. And I told them, I said, listen, you're going to call Café Dumont. They're going to say 1862. Do not believe what they tell you. Either do the research yourself. But mm-hmm. I told them my story. So uh-huh. she called me and said they admitted they didn't open in 1862. <laughs> so that's the only time they did. So don't believe what people say. You know, someone's uh-huh. going to do the research. So anyway, regardless well, of that, Monica is the granddaddy of them all. And we do things very uniquely, ours. The way we brew the coffee, the way we pour the coffee is totally unlike anybody else. And that's why we have the best. I think what makes the beignet shops uh, stick out is less about the coffee, and I could be wrong about this, and more about the beignets, which is a unique thing for sure. Beignets are very important, but the people come here just for the coffee. A lot of people, especially ladies who are worried about Mm -hmm. their figures, a lot of them don't eat the beignets, although a lot of Uh people do. And it's Mm -hmm. one of those things like Haagen-Dazs ice cream. You know, you don't want to eat them every day of your life, but it's it's a treat. It's a very special thing. And, and, and ours are uniquely different than anybody else. I think else. yours are better. I will tell you that. I think yours well, are better. All right, let's. Better. We're going to take. <laughs> we're going to take a break with Bob Hennessy and come back and talk about beignets and how they started, and uh, just take you know go through the whole history of the company with okay. uh, with Bob Hennessy here on National Coffee Day. We'll be back. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville. 
985-845-9940. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils, Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Ah, the melodious sounds of Tom Fitzmorris. That's uh, he takes us in and out of commercials, Bob, so we can keep yeah. him alive in the show. Wonderful. All right, so um, so it's a family business, and your stepfather, you said it was That's his correct. great yeah, stepfather, grandfather. Was, uh, it was his grandfather. It was a Joseph Jurisich, <laughs> and he was mm-hmm. the grandfather of Alvin Jurisich, who married my mom when I was a, a teenager, a young teenager. Okay. So he was my stepdaddy, uh-huh. and that's how I got into the business. And uh, I worked see. there, you know, throughout high school, and you know, did dishes and do the beignets, and you know, did pretty much everything in the business. But um, so how how did the business start? I'm sure there's family lore about that. So you how know, did the business oddly start? Enough, um, I don't have the answer of like where Mr. Joseph Jurisich came up with this idea to open a beignet shop. He was uh, obviously from what is today Croatia. I think back right. in the day it was Austria-Hungary. Uh, I think you know this fried dough has been part of many cultures around the world. Right, of course. I don't know. Yes. You know, obviously you think it would be something French, but I, he, he's, he was basically Croatian and. Uh, how he mm-hmm. got it, I really, and, and I wish I knew. I wish, you know, I heard, uh, I heard one rumor that uh, Ursuline nuns brought beignets to the city of New Orleans. I don't know. And someone mm-hmm. said that wasn't true. So I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of hearsay. So I don't know. I mean, I, I would love to know yeah. if anyone has any documentation or proof or something about how, how they did it. But it was never passed to me through my stepdad or his brother. They just took over the business. Uh, you know, I would be interested in it knowing that as well. was just what they did. So yeah. I don't know, yeah. but he had the idea, and, and back in the day, I have some old photos, if anyone comes to the place. Um, the uh, got some old photos of uh, Mr. Jurisic sitting on a counter. Uh, really, really neat, uh, neat photographs of the old place. And it was actually like an uh-huh. open-air market, and, you know, the French market, they had produce and fish, and, and mm-hmm. uh, it was just so very different than what it is today. And they were on that peninsula, oh, yeah, and they had sure. curb service, which set Morning Call apart from Café du Monde. The, the product mm-hmm. has obviously been different. Is different. The beignets are totally mm-hmm. different. We use a sourdough recipe. Have our own proprietary mm-hmm. blend of coffee and chicory. Are you familiar with chicory? I'm sure you know what chicory is. Yes, sure. Okay. What is chicory? Tom's a big chicory. He's a chicory fan. It's a vegetable, and it's roasted, and it was used first in coffee. Uh, when there were shortages to make up the difference. Right. It's, uh, I think what I know of it, it's the root of the endive plant. It's vitluf. It's vitluf, yes. Okay. Uh, what okay. they call vitluf over there. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's called vitluf, it's called uh, endive, and right. there's another one. There's a third one. Okay. But um, it, it originated in that area, Belgium, around there. I think we got, well, ours comes from LaRue, France. 
So we use a particular, and I think they grow it in other places, you know, but the, the stuff we use with our blend, and we have a certain percentage of chicory to the coffee, and it's a certain roast and a certain grind, and I have a, a roaster that does it for me. So we, uh, you know, we get it fresh. And, and then the way we, we do, like I heard the gentleman before me, um, was talking about a French press, we do a French drip. It's mm-hmm. old school, and it's, we, we have... Uh, Homemade filters made out of like a cotton flannel material. My sister actually sews them still. She makes. Oh my them goodness, them. really? <laughs> yeah, and it's way cool, and it's old school, and it's the best because it saturates the grounds, and you just get the full, robust flavor. It's very strong, dark chicory coffee, and we do cafe au lait. Is what our specialty is, but some people drink it black. I'm I'm not a black cafe au lait. I'm, I'm not cafe au lait black chicory coffee drinker or, or black coffee generally i don't drink it black mm-hmm. but i do the olay with and we do mostly milk and usually people think cafe olay is 50 50 half milk half coffee it's actually about a third coffee and two-thirds milk oh is that right really so that's huh. a, the deal is with the pots man we pour out of these special handcrafted pots that no one else does uh, other uh, competitors have an urn and they pull a spigot it comes out one way we have one pot of milk, one pot of coffee and chicory, and we individually pour each cup that goes through our business. So if you want it darker, more coffee or lighter, we can accommodate it, and it just it's just the way Cafe Olay is supposed to be done. And we're the so only you, people that do that. And it's, so it's you quite had a the, show. That's just to see it. So you had the original place in the French market, and when did you close that one, and where did you go from there? Down there for 104 years, and then I think under Moon Landry's administration, they were trying to make the French Quarter more pedestrian friendly. My stepfather told me the reason they moved was because he could not see people driving to the French Quarter, paying a dollar at the time to park, and then buying like a 30 cent cup of coffee. In his mm-hmm. mind, that just didn't make sense. And they were uh-huh. taking all of the curb service away. That was a big part of their business because interior mm-hmm. wasn't very big. They had mm-hmm. the, the arch with the two counters and I think one other counter, maybe three or four tables inside, and that was it. it was what what is that table. space now? What's it's in the that French space? Market Cafe, I believe. And okay. Not right. enough. When we lost the city park location, I went to the original morning call location and I met with the gentleman that owns the French Market Cafe, and I thought it would be. Quite, quite a, a coup, yeah. basically, mm-hmm. if I could get the original morning call back. Yeah. Yeah. So I talked to him, and obviously he was doing good at the time, and he didn't right. want to give it up. Yeah. But I looked, because we looked all over the city mm-hmm. for, for the right home for morning call. It deserves something really special. Yeah. And uh, so I think we did good with our location. Yeah, I think so. I think you landed in a good spot. So what, what year was that when, when it closed? In so we were down, and I have a picture of the closing day on the wall here. So you have to come visit. Uh-huh. I'll show you okay. some of the old photos. But so uh-huh. 104 years in that location, okay. and they reopened in Fat City or Metairie. But in the 70s, Fat City was the place to go in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. French Quarter was kind of down, and you know, it wasn't what it you know what it was later. Right. So mm-hmm. Metairie and Fat City was like. Live yeah. entertainment, nightlife. Mm-hmm. It was a safer alternative to the French Quarter. It was crazy. So when they moved to Fat City back in the 70s, 74, and we had lines around the corner 
getting in the place. It was crazy. We had heaters outside in the winter. People would wait outside on the heaters to get in the place. It was chaotic. It was crazy. And, and where was that? Is that the one by Impostados, or was there another yeah, location? It was on 17th okay. in North okay. Holland, or right, right by, by the post right office. Back side of Lakeside Shopping Center next to the okay. post office. Okay. And we were there for 44 years. 1974, mm. we closed in 2018 um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, the rent was, you know, landlord, they, they think mm-hmm. it's so precious. We tried to maybe, you know, we wanted to buy the shopping center at one point. It was never really, they didn't sell to us. So they uh-huh. keep you as a tenant, and then they jack up the price. And right, I right, told the yeah. landlord, look, I like you, you're a nice guy, but I'm not working for right. you. Right. You're going to run a historic right. business out of this location. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people are just concerned about money. You know, it's all yeah. about the bread. And so, if anything, I said, look, if anything, you should be reducing the rent because Fat City ain't what it used to be. You know what I'm saying? It ain't so fat anymore, right. It used to be good, but it's not much now. And you got fancy street lights. Yeah. And really, I make a proposal to rename Fat City because it was named, you know why it was named Fat City? No. There was a snowball stand called Fat City Snowballs. So, Uh, I propose that we call it Drago City instead of Fat City. (laughs) Dragos has got everything in that area. <laughs> or Oyster City, right? That would be the yes. Oyster City. But I love Dragos. I know the family well. They're Croatian as well. Yeah, very, sure. Well, they're all Croatian too, yeah. yeah all right, so very, then you left there and you went to the casino, and that was very short-lived. How long was that? Well, we were there for about, well, we still had the Metairie, we still had Metairie going when we opened um, in City Park. Mm. The okay. Casina. That's another New Orleans uh-huh. thing. They call it a casino. It was never a gambling <laughs> casino, ever. The word casina meant little cafe, and New Orleanians butchered it and I called see. it a casino. Uh, as you probably know okay. that but Anyway, they came to me. No, and so my sister, my sister was uh, friends with one of the board members, and he knew we had morning calls. So he actually came and approached me, and I went and visited the site. And we, you know, we grew up in mid-city, with two New Orleans kids. We lived right on the Hemacorn mm-hmm. Street and Bank Street, but Jesuit High School. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we, we knew City, we knew and loved City Park, and we knew the building. I'd go to the bass tournaments and fish and play tennis and ride our bikes. So yeah. we loved City mm-hmm. Park. So we had an opportunity, and, um, and we just saw the potential. You know, they came to us. It was great. And, but you know what? It yeah. wasn't great before we took it over. It was very forgettable. No, I know. Yeah. It was like yeah. they served ice cream, but very rude. I loved it. Very rude I, people. I that, loved. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, we I love the era of morning call there. Well, yeah, and so then, so then you you left there at what, what time? Because we only got another, like another two 20, minutes. So we, we left there and. 2019. Okay. And, and then we were closed and, for, and then we opened the, the new one in 2021. So we were closed for about two years. Meantime, I did, mm-hmm. I did a little something in Hammond with some people, some business people, and that didn't work out. We tried it, but they, you know, like a lot of people do, they want to buy into your your your, your business, but they don't yeah. do it the proper way. Right. <laughs> but we had to pull that. So anyway, we forget about that. Uh-huh. We we opened here. We got our full staff. Uh, experienced people from the Metairie store and City Park store, and it's a beautiful spot. If anyone hasn't been, yeah, here, I've heard know. nothing but great things. And, and we did. I'm, I'm excited for well. you. It looks like you've coffee. landed. It yeah. looks like you've landed finally in a place where you can stay. And, and yeah, well, and we thrive. here we got a 15 year lease, you know, and then we we actually uh-huh. looking at possibly doing something. You you're on the North Shore. I'm looking at doing one in Mandeville, possibly. Yeah. 
So we're talking okay. about doing Come on over. Maybe do your own radio show over. for the morning call in, in Mandeville. All right. Oh, That's, all right. Uh, I'm down for it. I love the idea. Well, uh, we, we need more things over here, so come on over. Okay. All right. Look, we I, have wanna, to... I want you to come try, come visit. I'm going to show I you. Am. I'm gonna I am. I am. I am. And I'm going to convert you. I promise. You. You're going to love okay. the morning call conference. I promise. It's different than anybody All else. Right. So it's special. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. I enjoy talking to you. I've, I've, all, I've wondered about morning call and, and how it started and all that. I mean, you hear a lot more about the other place because they're out front more. But I'm glad that, that you were on because I've learned a lot about the business. Well, and I will come and try the coffee, I promise. Please come visit. Please do. Right. Everyone to come by. It's a wonderful spot. You will not be disappointed. All right, take care. Thank you, Bobby Hennessy from Morning Call. That's it for the show. It was a quick one on National Coffee Day. Happy anniversary, WGSO. There's a party, and I will, as soon as I pull that up, which I should have had ready here, about the party to celebrate the 75th anniversary, go to the website, WGSO.com, and uh, you will see there the, the yellow button to click to see to donate to the 75 for 75 campaign. We have our own uh, we have our own thing, nomenu.com, and we would love for you to go there. Sign up for the newsletter. comes out twice a week. We also have our Instagram page, at the New Orleans Menu. A lot of stuff, nomenu.com. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. We'll be back at this time tomorrow, and uh, that will be Nicole Dorignac. WGSO New Orleans, good night. It's 4 o'clock, news time, Louisiana Radio Network. USA Radio News. I'm Brad Bernards. Representative Bob Good, Republican of Virginia, told Fox News he will introduce legislation Wednesday that would make teaching critical race theory in federally funded schools a civil rights violation. What we hope to accomplish is to advance Martin Luther King 